Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and this is Jonathan Starkey, your favorite digital pub landlord of that digital pub called Cheshire Mances. And in the house this week, we have Stats. Are you there, Mark Hartley? Say hello. That was enthusiastic, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm here, John. Hi. How is everyone? Yeah, uh, well, I, I am very enthusiastic. You asked if he's there when he's here. He is here. I'm here, I'm there, I'm everywhere. Here, there, and everywhere. The gazelle, yes. Mr. Trevor Nichols. Are you there, sir? I certainly am, Jonathan, and a good evening to Cheshire. And that man that they call the left angle, <laughs> he's always, always right angle. Mr. Steve Ingram, say hello, sir. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening to all our friends across Cheshire. Well, there's been so much going on in the news this week. And I have to say that from last week, there is so much going on. And I think you mentioned that, didn't you, Mark? I did. It's chaos this week. Yeah, there's just so much to choose from. I mean... Uh, when we look at the stories that are going on, like, for example, Rishi Sunak is tipped to replace Boris. Well, I think anybody would be tipped to replace <laughs> Boris at the moment. Apart from Boris. Okay. Russia and China are staging joint war games with 13,000 troops. Ooh, I'm afraid. Ooh. Yeah. Is this the end of mass COVID testing in UK? Is it in sight? Delta. Mm. Okay. Mm. David Cameron denies making more than seven million working for Greensill. Does he actually turn around to say to everybody, I'm a real boy? <laughs> <laughs> like Pinocchio. Maybe he uh, wasn't lying. Maybe it's way, way, way over seven million. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Andrew Neil, is he ever going to go back to GB News? Anybody know? Doubt it. No. Oh, this is one that I really, really looked at. Tom Watson is hoping that Sir Keir Starmer is going to give him a peerage because I think he wants to get out of UK music. Mm. Just a hunch, said Quasi. wonder why that is. Okay. And what about this? This has got to be for the woke amongst us. I don't know whether you're going to have this as woke There's, of the excuse week. Me, excuse me, excuse me. There's no woke amongst us here. <laughs> no, not one. amongst us. All right. Uh, the academic pushes for English subject to be renamed to language arts. I mean, what the heck is going on there? And before we even get in to any of the subjects that we want to talk about tonight, I just want to actually mention a story that came out in Private Eye. And this is very important, and I'll tell you the reason why it's important. Because there was a high court case. And there is a blog, which has been going for about 10 years from a retired solicitor, Jules Sanders, and it's called The Sandwell Skidder. <laughs> so the story in, in Private Eye was <laughs> called Skid Marks. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't get the joke. <laughs> anyway, a counsel who accused him of harassment, and they took him to court under the Protection from Harassment Act, 1997. And the lady that took him was Sandwell's Director of Public Health, Lisa McNally. And she wanted an injunction that could have put Saunders behind bars if he'd gone within 50 metres of the official. Now, he says that he's never met her. The judge, in his judgment, 
Mr Justice Chamberlain said that Saunders says that the blog is directed at exposing corruption, cronyism and incompetence. Oh, we well, and we don't <laughs> we, want that exposed, do we? Clearly not. not. What, in a council, and uh, that he seeks to emulate private eye. <laughs> well, I don't know anybody that can actually emulate private eye, because private eye are private eye. Whether he succeeds in that aim is another matter. The judge said that the skidder... <laughs> <laughs> was frequently puerile and had an abrasive tone and style. But none of these features disentitles him to the protections afforded by the law to journalistic expression. Good. Wow, that's interesting. That really is. And last week, the court ordered McNally to pay Saunders nearly £50,000 in costs. Her own are likely to be even greater, but happily, Sandwell's taxpayers are footing the bill because she used Sandwell Council's money to actually fund the case. So she used public money yeah, to fund the case in her role within the council to go after a member of the public simply seeking mm. transparency. Transparency and Here actually getting go. a message out. So I think that that's a message from Cheshire Matters to all councils within Cheshire. Think very carefully about what you do. Totally agree. This has already happened in Warrington, this. Ooh, well, anyway. With Russ Bowden, who sent the police onto two public members for harassing him. Well, they, if you they try... They don't either, I suppose. If you try to use the Harassment Act 1997 because somebody is asking questions, then beware. Beware. Anyway, let's get on with the agenda. This is a wonderful agenda that was set up by Stats. And we're going to kick off Brexit. Project Fear with the Raven Reports. There you go. Did you like that? I did, actually. Gentlemen, it's uh, good to be here in person this week. Excuse me, who are you calling a gentleman? (laughs) I'm just glad to be... I'm offended by that term. Should be gentle people. Gentle people. I'm just glad to be here in person. I'm not sure you're happy. Well, we were hoping you were going to come in on Zoom so that we could mute you, but, you know, there you go. Did he he go somewhere? I (laughs) know. Oh, it's nice to be missed. He's missing. Hadn't realised. Okay, the Raven reports. Let him go. Let him go. Yeah, in the past week, there's been a report regarding uh, the infamous uh, Brexit uh, that's been rumbling on for years and years. And it appears, yet again, Brexiteers, or pro-independence campaigners, as I like to uh, refer, have been, um, you know... A what? They've been... Uh, sorry, I've got a man... <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? Am I going to edit that out, gentlemen? Or yes. not? Nope. Yes. No, no, no. no. <laughs> my mind's just gone blank. It happened very Leave fast. My it did. Leave <laughs> my <rubbish laughs> <jokes> in. <laughs> we say that. You could be with one of those people on stage, you know, those hypnotists, and they say, now let your mind go blank. And you go, wow. <laughs> <laughs> You've done this before. <laughs> I'll start again. I'll start this again. Go ahead. Right, okay. There's there's been a, an article this past week regarding Brexit, and Brexiteers have been, um, you know, they, they've had their position upheld yet again. Who needs you, as in EU? Uh, UK exports exports saw twenty percent since Leave vote, and the Remainer myths are further smashed. I'm just moving your mic so that your mouth gets closer to it. Go ahead. Pro-Brexit think tank facts it for EU. He's putting me off here. I'm going to start this. I'm trying to get your mouth in front of the mic. 
I'll be sitting on it in a minute. I'm going to snore this bit again. <laughs> might get more <laughs> sense. Where's this going? <laughs> might get more sense. <laughs> right, take, take 35. Okay. Right. Brexiteers have been um, upheld yet again and proven right in respect of the decision to leave the European Union. Who needs you, EU? UK exports saw 20% since the Leave vote. Remain a myths smashed. Yet again, this is further acknowledgement of the decision that people campaigned upon for years. And pro-Brexit think tank Facts for You reached their striking conclusions after studying the ONS latest figures for trade for the second quarter of the year to the end of June. And exports to the EU have rebounded by 31.5% compared to the previous quarter. Total value of EU exports to the EU27, remember this is just the EU, stood at £38.6 billion, pounds, not that um, currency we rightly chose not to join, £8.4 billion higher than prior to the Leave vote. Lee Evans, Facts for EU's Editor-in-Chief, maybe we ought to make contact there, Oh yeah, and okay. uh, have a, a bit of a special with uh, Facts for EU. Uh, for the benefit- I think he's trying to imitate you because he's coming out with a lot of facts there. Everyone keeps doing this. I'll be out of job soon. Yeah. yeah, for the benefit of our international readers, this is facts for EU. It is impossible to overstate the level of state-sponsored pro-EU propaganda to which the British public were subjected to before the EU referendum. Yet again, we're seeing another example of being proven right and actually seeing this country sail. So, in actual fact, our exports, if you wanted to bottom line it, they've gone up. This is just to the EU as well. And they've gone up. Not only that... Have they gone up up on figures previous to when we left? So it sounded like it when you said that. Yes, yes. Oh, right, okay. So, So we're doing well. We're doing very well. Not only that, the British. there's a separate report which indicates the British public are now not spending as much money with European countries. And we've hit Germany with £12 billion less trade going over to Germany. But our exports to the EU are rising. So it does raise the question of, of the fear factor that was sold to the British public prior to the referendum. And the fact that it was all, well... Excuse the phrase, a load of lies. Well, this now this is stats um, feeling about being able to utilize authority without accountability, and I agree with uh, Mark on these points because who is accountable for those lies? That's very interesting because you know this is a subject that we've covered many times about accountability, and there doesn't really appear to be any in this country. Well, there you go. So, or any other country in Europe. <laughs> well, no, that, that's another story. But, you know, at the end of the day, this country now has set its course. The people, and I include all of us sat here today, have been proven right on one of the biggest, most controversial and fiercely fought arguments in the political world for decades and decades and decades. Yeah. And let's not forget, all of those involved were on the receiving end of pu- pure... I'm going to say it, pure hatred. Yeah. 
Right. That's true. Now, and we set about doing something for this country for the benefit of all, and we are now being proven time and time again to be right. There you go. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, just another quick point. They also tried to reverse a democratic vote. Yeah. I mean, it did took years to get this through. Yeah. I mean, who's going to be held accountable for that? Imagine if they succeeded. Yeah. I, I mean, agree. that would have been messy. Again, well, that's that word accountability again, isn't it? No one will, probably. Well, and going on that theme of authority without accountability, we're going to move on to the gazelle, who's going to talk about his favourite subject, COVID. Oh, yes, Jonathan, thank you. My favourite subject, eh? <laughs> hey, tonight I'm going to report on COVID again. This Go is ahead, such a, it's such a serious subject, obviously. Well, the government have announced from Monday this week that people who have been double-jabbed will no longer have to isolate when, when they get pinged. Now, as I reported last week, their own government website, Public Health England, said that people with double jabs are still spreading the Indian variant, the same as those without the vaccinations. I mean, what's going on here? What's happening? So anybody from this week that are double vaccinated can potentially be spreading it like wildfire. And only those double jabbed uh, to be allowed into large venues, large gatherings, etc. Well, I'm no scientist, but that sounds like a recipe for disaster to me, that. Yeah, it is moving that there way. Are, it, it, Where's the freedom of choice? There is no freedom of choice. The whole lot of it. Another report by a professor, Neil Ferguson, states that a potential autumn wave could see 1,000 daily hospital admissions. Is this the guy, is this the same guy that was caught out? Neil Ferguson. I'm not sure he's one of the epidemiologists from... um... No, this is where he was... Go ahead, Mark. I think he was travelling across the the city to go and meet his bit on the side when the rest of us were told to stay at home. Ah, Ah, yes, okay. And you're quoting him, Trevor. Remember that now. Yeah, he's actually said a potential autumn wave could see 1,000 daily hospital admissions. A surge in cases will not be stopped through lockdown. But instead, population immunity, he added. Is that herd immunity? Herd immunity, yeah. Well, I gather so, because they said that anything above 60% was going to um, build herd immunity anyway, haven't they? And they've already, they've already vaccinated 75%. So it's just like, hang on a minute. So if you get the full population jabbed, it's still going to spread. Okay. According to this fella. In another announcement, the UK health regulator has approved the Moderna vaccine for 12 to 17-year-olds. Have you seen that one? The Medicines and Health Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency, the MHRA. Do you mean the regulatory? Regulatory. Did it? Did it not say that? I thought it did. Yeah. Rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. oh, rolls off the tongue. It's hard to say. Regulatory. It's hard to say with a lisp. Anyway, <laughs> the MRH, whatever it is, said it is now up to the Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunization, the JCVI, to advise the government on whether children in this age group should be given the jab. Now, if that's not a backfoot, I don't know what is. The MHRA said that the jab, also known as a spike vaccine, is safe and effective in this age group. How do they, how do they know this? Because I, I thought there was, there was all in trials till 2023. Well, we read some stuff out last week, didn't we? Some worrying figures from other countries. Yeah, yeah, yeah terrible figures. About that, are they? So. Then, then they state that we have in a, 
we have in place a comprehensive safety surveillance strategy for monitoring the, the safety of all UK approved COVID-19 vaccines. And this surveillance will include the 12 to the 17 year olds. Uh, I'm sorry, but I, I'm afraid I have no confidence in the way this government has handled this so far. I don't think anybody's got any no, confidence uh, in the uh, way uh, the government's uh, handling I mean, it. They're now allowing everybody to go out if they get pinged, even if they come near anybody with COVID. They're allowing them because they're double jabbed yep. to, to run wild. And it's not the case because they've said, as I've pointed out in their own reports, yeah. that they're still spreading it, even if they are double vaxxed. It's just, it's, it's insanity. So, it doesn't make sense, any of it. So in, in that case then... Would you say their own views are conflicting with common sense? Well, it seems to be, don't it? Yes. Yeah. It seems to be. In, yeah. in lots and lots of decisions they're making. Okay, all right. Lots and lots of it. I mean, I, I really fear, and I, I do for the future of my family and my grandchildren. I really do, because as we mentioned last well, week... under Mark, Boris. <laughs> under Boris, yeah. Yeah, under the, any government, I don't know what the agenda is. I don't know what it is, but there's an agenda. Well, I saw... I saw um, you know, and it was a comment on Facebook from a from a guy who turned around and said that he's he's sixty years old, and he's so worried about what's happening in this country. He's got no faith in the present government. He's got no faith in Labour at sure. all. Yeah. And he's saying, "Where did the years go? Where did the years go? Because there were happy years." Actually, yeah. that's an interesting point because that's people look point, back no. at, you know, 20, yeah. 30, 40 years ago, people were much more free. They, they worried yeah. less. There was less to concern themselves with. It's uh, a bombardment now of uh, technology, media, news, information, all kinds of stuff all the time. And um, I, I'm with you on this. It really is a massive but thing. A, so this guy be, is on the ball. It's a, it seems to be a bombardment of misinformation. Yeah, uh, well, there's a comment. Go ahead, Stats, and it's, I'll give a comment. They're putting out information, then contradicting their own information. Yeah, of course, yeah. But when we come back to accountability, who's going to be held accountable for these fudged figures, the failed predictions and modelling? Neil Ferguson's got it wrong twice, and had to apologise. What about all the deaths in care homes? Billions of money's been wasted, hasn't it? On, yeah. on misspent, shall we say. Businesses ruined, lives ruined. Now, the NHS has been ruined, not saved. Now there's waiting lists, people are struggling. Our rights were yeah. taken away, and the public have been coerced and still are now to do with these vaccines. So who's going to be held responsible for all this? Again, no one again. No one. Well, no they, one. they seem to sort of stand up. There seems time. to be a, a mentality in this country whereby anybody that does anything wrong just basically has to bareface it out, and they get away with it. Woody Harrelson, you know, the actor, the American actor, he actually summed it up. He said, we live in a completely corrupted world where every government is just a bunch of businessmen working for a bigger bunch of businessmen and none of them give a shh yeah. about the people. The sad fact is no one knows how to change it because no one knows how to take on the corporations. Interesting mm. you mentioned the corporations. Because well, that's, that's what where, it is. That's, that's where, where it's a lot at. of the influence now comes from. Go ahead, Stan. Well, that brings me on to my issue then, Afghanistan. Indeed, let's move it on. And here we go again. That, that's one big money-making scheme the war machine made out, didn't they? Now, I'm not going to go into the intricacies of, 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 of how they left. They were going to leave eventually. We were all going to leave. It was going to be messy either way. I mean, anyone who's actually been on the ground in Afghan will know the Taliban were going to take over when we left. I'm more bothered about who made these decisions in the first place. 
what plan did they have? Because it clearly wasn't this, was it? I mean, I'm not being funny. We've lost 457 servicemen. And, and what about the other people that were injured? And, and there's people who've been maimed and injured, and, and we, many of us probably know these people. And then there's, then there's the cost. I mean, the, the junior armed forces minister, his name's James Heapy, or Heppy, he put the cost of operation around $22.2 billion. I'm sorry, but experts are claiming this is a significant understatement, especially when you look at what America have spent. So, I mean, do we think Al-Qaeda would have killed around 500 people in this country? Yeah, I, I, I don't think it. they would have done. I'm not sure these lives needed to be wasted. But who's going to pay for this? Who's going to pay for these decisions? Who, who's held accountable? As you say, people have maimed, people have died. And, wh- and where's it gotten us? We're in the same position as we were 20 years ago. There is something dramatically wrong with the political system where people can literally go, do and say what they like, irrespective of consequences and then not be held accountable in any capacity whatsoever, and time just marches on, and everything is just they, left they just in the background. They, yeah, yeah. They, they just disappeared, and they come back with a peerage. Yep, that's what, it is that's the other thing that I don't understand. How do the wrong people get well, put forward for honours? And then they come and do speeches and get paid tens of thousands of pounds uh, for yeah, talking for, about the mess they've made of the country in the past. Yeah, It's just all wrongness, isn't it? I just can't, I cannot work it out. I mean, I know in the music industry that people have been given honours, given honours, and in my opinion, they've done nothing. They've just done a job. It's awarded for failure, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's what I think. So you actually actually want to stand back and say, where have we come to in this country? where things like that happen, where is the common sense? That woman from the Post Office Horizon scandal, she should have her honours stripped from her Yeah, for what happened there because she was the woman that was accountable. Go ahead, Steve. I was just going to say, where is the recognition now in this country for laudable credit for good good deeds? Yeah, and merit. Doing the right thing. Merit where it is due. Go ahead, Stats. I just fear there will be no accountability. You've just mentioned one, the post office scandal. I can probably mention Hillsborough. Yeah. Decades of rape gangs. Yeah. It's never it's never gonna change, is it? Unless, as you say, maybe we need people to fight the got, system a different people, way. People have got to be able to stand up and be counted. I mean, as I said to you at the last at the last podcast, I made it very clear that the PRS now has no Credibility, the Performing Rights Society has no credibility when they state in a public document that they don't actually have to be fair or transparent Mm. in their dealings with the membership. And they stated it in a legal defence document which has gone public. Anyway, go ahead, Steve. I was just going to say, a lot of this comes down to traditional values of morals, values and ethics. Shall I get the music out? And what it comes down (laughs) to is good conduct and Honouring your word. Ah, your word. Now, what is your word worth? Yeah, Go ahead, exactly, Gazelle. Exactly. No, I'm just saying, when people say to me, you know, it's never going to change, it is. It gets worse. Yeah. When people say it's never going to change, it is going to change. It is getting worse. But what it needs... On a what yearly it, basis. I understand what you're saying, Trevor, but what it needs is good people to now come forward, stand up for doing the right thing, and remedy things. 
I'd just like to finish my final point and say, the, <coughs> pardon me, the only way to uh, ensure these acts aren't repeated is to have consequences, serious consequences to the actions of the people who've been doing this stuff. Yeah. Otherwise, it just, just, it's just going to carry on. Or like Trevor says, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. Well, I hope that everybody realises that on this podcast, we will continue to call things as we see yes. fit. Yep. And if anybody wants to really have a go at us, well then, they're welcome to. Bring it. Bring it on. Bring it on. Our, now, our aims are always laudable. Laudable and honourable. And we will vote Steve for the person that does the prison sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. Show of hands. <laughs> Unanimous. I'm overwhelmed by the mutual support. <laughs> now, right, for something else which we're going to talk about, accountability. Trevor. This is something in your area, sir. Employers could face workplace parking charge to reduce car use. So they're going to actually charge people to park in their employers' car parking places. In their own car parking. Yeah, a charge on employers who provide parking for staff could be introduced in the town to reduce car use. Warrington Borough Council is carrying out investigations over the impact of a workplace parking levy. Never. Uh, WPL. You can't, I'm telling you now, Trevor, I'm reading it, and it's from the Warrington Guardian. So it My must be God. true. Gospel. It must be gospel. I'll tell you, I'll tell so you what, Just though. one sec. Sorry, yeah. the, the Labour supporting Warrington Guardian, totally unbiased, of course. Of course really, it is, yeah. Really. Um, is, is actually putting out a story about the Labour Control Council over in Warrington who want to consider actually putting levies on employers for providing car parking, car parking spaces. spaces. Now, the next That's question is, is, would the employers simply pass that on to the employees? Is this another backdoor tax <laughs> on people going to work? Yes. Yeah, it's the same yes. as a, a, a nurse. I, I know a nurse. Um, uh, for oh, do you? Yeah, yeah, very good. Very nice for her, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, and she has to pay. She's got to pay for the car parking. Okay. On a, on a yearly basis. It's a lot of money. It's awful. Absolutely It's a lot awful. of money. And she's a nurse. Right. And again, that's in Warrington, so I don't know that's well, nationwide. The hmm, it has to be said that they're, what they're trying to do is they're introducing another method of acquiring people's money. That's another way of doing it. Now, I don't think like the green tax that was experiencing in Cheshire West. Ah, uh, like Dick Turpin, you mean? Yeah, it's the one. The oh, that's the one. Yeah, at least he wore a mask. Yeah, that's where you have yeah, a consultation yeah. with the people. The people say they don't want it, and the council votes for it anyway, regardless. They do that again, you know. Yeah. yeah. All right, now, and here's again. This, and again. this this old, old subject again. The council chief executive, Stephen Broomhead, MBE. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, okay. Steve. Steve. I know, okay. That's his real name, yeah. I just commented. That was a nickname. Yeah, well, I was just questioning the surname, actually. I'm just imagining somebody with, like, bristles on the top of his head. <laughs> anyway, Broomhead said, we can continue to consider all options regarding measures for reducing car usage, and we are looking to balance the environmental... Yeah, yeah, yeah. ...economic and personal choices linked to travel in the borough. Now... Anybody that has to come in from outside the town in order to work are going to be hit. Now, the other thing that they will have to do is they are going to have to concentrate 
on the transport, public transport available within the town in order to balance that out. Now, I'm just wondering whether or not they're actually funding robbing Peter to pay Paul. Of course they are, yeah. Well, I hope nobody works on a Sunday because you can't get a bus after five o'clock. <laughs> you don't run. There you go. Go ahead, Mark. Can I just say, who do these Labour councils think they are? Uh, honestly, though, I keep reiterating this every week. That there's just literally no aspect of our lives they don't want to control. They are anything they wish to be. They, they want to. They want to measures to manage and reduce private car use. What the hell has this got to do with them? What you do with your car? I know. You summed it up. Climate. Climate change. Honestly. You, you, you literally have They'll to find some sort of a, down. a reason to do You've got to, to bow it. down and, and comply regardless if you want to or not. I want less control over my life, not more. I just, oh, I don't know. I just don't want more, more authoritarians controlling my life. It's well, too much now. Well, I have to say that we, we'll move on now. And this is another subject for stats, which I think he's going to enjoy. And I'm watching the gazelle. He's looking about, ready to go and... <laughs> Pounce. Pounce. He looks okay. as though he's in a dream for a uh, minute there. It's just the eyes. Just the eyes. I was just thinking this about Warrington. I wasn't aware of that particular story. That's why. Oh, sir. Anyway. bumped my eyes there. Woke the Plank is with Stats. Yes. Go ahead, Stats. Go ahead. Well, apparently, Scottish four-year-olds can change gender at school without parents' consent. What? Well, no, they can't. The state don't own our children. And the majority of adults, from my experience, don't understand this gender issue. And I know I've got experience. Never mind four-year-olds. Right, ultimately, in England, I know it breaks safeguarding rules around keeping secrets from parents. And it, as I say, in England, this is a big no-no. And over a dozen councils have had to take legal action to stop such safeguarding issues by the way of halting certain gender programmes and practices taught in schools. I suppose perhaps in uh, the People's Communist Republic of Scotland, this is now acceptable. But either way, I'm, no, I'm, I'm not in it. We are, you can laugh with Jockey it. Stan. But it's not really Jockey funny, Stan. <laughs> either way, if parents don't come and fight this, the children of Scotland, and possibly our country soon, have got big problems. This has got to be stopped. I agree. It's insanity. It's insanity. I agree with that. Okay, and we've introduced something new, and we're going to let the raven take this one. Right, because I know that, you know, sometimes he feels a bit left out. He feels a little bit undermined. Oh, we oh, love you, Steve. Okay. We love you, Steve. Love you. Like this, we love you. Love you. Love I you. don't feel patronised <laughs> in any bit whatsoever. So I will give you the big hug after the podcast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. I don't want this <laughs> we love yeah, you business. No. Yeah. Yeah. Give a cuddle. Team yeah. cuddle. He's very cuddly. Anyway, too much. He's going to be given most out-of-touch person of the week and the Raven is going to take it. Go ahead. Well, who's the most out-of-touch person oh, this God, week? I bet you've got a list, haven't you? Yeah, no. Who's yeah. out of oh, touch oh, with oh, reality, the... apart from you? Go ahead. Who's well, out of touch? I would touch? say a large swathe of the Labour Party per se, but that's another story. <laughs> yeah. um, actually, this is, under normal circumstances, probably find a story like this a little bit uh, amusing, but I don't. And the reason is, given the events of this past week, you couldn't be any more out of touch than a Labour MP who has been slammed for saying the UK should pay Taliban-controlled Afghanistan reparations <laughs> after foreign what? powers pulled out. <laughs> Richard Burgeon's outrageous statement came, as he claimed, he allegedly conveyed all of this on Twitter, rather an appropriate platform for such a crass statement. He's basically saying, or is alleged to have said on Twitter, that um, we should pay reparations to 
Afghanistan, bearing in mind it's now controlled by the Taliban. I actually find this horrendous. You couldn't have anybody in a very serious position in public life as a member of parliament being so disconnected from people, reality and the world as this. There are people in Afghanistan, uh, men, women and children, suffering horrendous abuses, fearing for their lives under a, a new regime which is just horrendous. And he's allegedly proposing we should fund reparations to Afghanistan. It beggars belief. Well, this this guy needs some sort of a reality check, and that comes from Cheshire Matters. Go ahead, Mark. Would that be the same Twitter that's uh, a platform mostly now frequented by um, paedophiles and terrorists, not the President of the United States, that one? Yeah, well, the ex-President uh, okay. of the United yeah, States. Well, yeah, well, let's say ex-President, yeah. Okay. Well, I have to say... Last orders, and we don't expect you all to rush to the bar, so we're going to go on for the shout-outs or shout-downs. And I think I'm going to go first on this, and I'm going to state that my shout-out is for Mr. Justice Chamberlain, who actually stood up for bloggers and also podcasters and broadcasters within the country. Yes. And free expression. And free expression. So that's my shout-out. I'm going to go along now to stats go ahead stats okay my shout out today is for sean Locke, the comedian oh, one, oh, one, yeah. Yeah. what a funny fellow he was one of yeah, the funniest guy. one of the funniest guys that england's produced and sadly he was one of the few comedians i never actually got to see but i wanted to i mean he'd say things that others would be cancelled for so condolences go out to his family and he'd be sorely missed the line that i most loved that i that i heard from him was he was asked on eight out of ten cats i think that's the show he turned around and he said, what do, you, you know, what do you regret in life? And he turned around and he said, well, he said, I wish, I wish I'd have been less considerate in lovemaking. I'm <laughs> 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 concentrated more on my own needs. <laughs> Which he was hilarious, just, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. and he'll be, Great Pope. Anyway, go ahead, Gazelle. Yeah, I've got a shout down this week. Um, again? It, yeah, again, I, I can't seem, nobody's doing anything right at the minute, so they're all shout downs. <laughs> There's Camden Council in Tower Hamlets. I saw it on the TV earlier on. I, I'm not sure he's dying a bit. Dying a bit, the MP for the... She, she's Hackney, I think. Hackney, I oh, think. Oh, Hackney, that's right. Yeah, well, this is Camden well, Council. Oh, she's Hackneyed. Oh, she's Hackneyed, yeah. And, uh, and Tower Hamlets. Um, they're just they're disgraceful housing conditions for the tenants. It's uh, showing you uh, sketches of the, the, the roofs collapsing through through leaking Outside yeah, rooms outside and all rooms. the ceilings collapsing on them, yeah. and they're just completely ignoring the uh, the complaints there. Oh yeah, couldn't believe it. So you know, and I get it. Get it together, Camden Council. That's all I, I can think, say. I think the MP is called Rushan Nara Ali. Probably said that wrong, but yeah, I'm, well, sure, I'm sure she'll do something about it. And yeah, of course maybe, she will. Maybe not. I mean, this has been going for a long while now. This, uh, I think, it's a ITV grad reports that have been. Um, been reporting on it well certainly certainly itv okay it's, well let's it's, go it's, it's terrible okay well let's go across to the raven and let's see do you notice that we're calling you the raven rather than left angle and right angle and stuff like that 
Yes, the message has taken some time to get through, but we're getting there. Okay, obtuse, let's go. <laughs> get on with it. That's my phrase. I'm going to have that as my catchphrase. I said, I said that on question time, you know. Get okay. on with it. Get on with it. Well, then, get on with it then. You're talking to yourself, were you? Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Okay, my shout out this week, given the state of uh, various things going on in the world, I think there's a serious need for leadership. And my shout out goes to. All those people who on a consistent basis seek to always honour their obligations and uphold their word. Okay. Yeah, I'll go with mm, that. Yeah. I'll go with that. All right. Well, let's see if we can get because you know, obviously we want to um, wish Dr. Hankinson well because he's not here this week because he's on holiday. Oh, where has he nice. gone? He's gone to Devon. Just, just one second. Can I just intervene here for one moment? Uh, did he put a, put in a holiday request? He's been no. on the no, show. No, he didn't. Well, he well, just, well, he just went without permission. He's I think been it was on the a show once. Holiday, you have to one of them, don't you? He, he's been on the show once and he's gone on <laughs> holiday. Yeah, he said he needed a break from us <laughs> after one, one week. week after yeah. one week, <laughs> that's, uh, that's, uh, that's something. Well, uh, let's just. And he's a doctor as well. That's like. right. Well, <laughs> if everybody's got all the quotes together, let's see if we can keep some yes. music at the end. Here we go. Okay, let's go with stats. What's your quote this week, stats? My quote is this. A body of men holding themselves accountable to nobody or not to be trusted by anybody. And that was Thomas Paine. Oh, that's good. I like that. That's good. Go ahead, Gazelle. This is for me this week, actually. It's one of me on this. For every minute you are angry, you lose 60 seconds of happiness. I like that, Trevor. It's nice. Yeah. For every minute you're angry, you lose 60, 60 seconds. seconds of happiness. Yeah. I wonder what it's like at Parliament then. <laughs> That's why nothing gets done, really. Yep. Okay. The Raven. <laughs> <laughs> Go it ahead. Gets, What's yours, sir? It gets better every week. I haven't got a quote as such. I've just got a little message. No, don't start. Don't start. <laughs> <laughs> and now for a bullfinch. <laughs> Stop. Move. <laughs> Okay, go ahead, give us your quote. Come on. I haven't got a quote. I've just got a nice little message, which is I'm going to invite everybody as it's, you know, we're coming up to the school time. Get out there and enjoy a nice walk with your friends at the weekend and go and get some fresh air and get out and about and enjoy life a bit. All right, well, my usual quote thank God that's all over. Right, well, we've finished. That's great. Hey, fresh air, right? Fresh air. I think that's the only thing they're not. Putting on an add-on tax. I know, fresh air. Everything that's still free, isn't it? <laughs> Goodness. Okay, can you man. Oh, God, you need to edit that bit. I'm giving my ideas. <laughs>